Guys, what's going on, man? Welcome back to another ESL podcast. So you know what? Today, man, I'm bringing you some developing, well, not not necessarily developing vocabulary, but compound adjectives. Guys, we're going to talk about parts of the body, but not in relations to health or anything. More like, ad, of course, like adjectives, I-N-G adjectives describing our current state at which something is happening. So what I got here, I actually have 10 uh, compounds, right? But you are going to have to formulate them into the correct compound adjective. You can do that by, of course, going on my blog at thearseniobuckshow.com. There's also definitions of these compounds. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to go over six of the compounds just by attaching them to questions that you guys can answer or you can ask some of your friends or even free write about. So... With that being said, let's get into compound adjective number one. Have you ever traveled at breakneck speed? Breakneck speed, that means very, very fast. And you know what? I was very, very careless. I remember one time, oh my God, when I was first living out here in Chantaburi. uh, Well, of course, in Southeast Thailand, I remember I was flying down the road after you know, uh, uh, just drinking just a little bit. Let's just put it that way. But I think, yes, it was dangerous. I got home very, very quickly. Um, and I will never do that again. That was about six years ago. And again, right in a moped after having a good night out with some of my colleagues, the bosses and stuff, along with the dean of the university in this specific province, Um, one of the teachers, she was driving very, very, very slow. And I said, man, I am not going to take this. And she's like, fine, you could leave. And then I ended up speeding very, very quickly right by her. So I want you to ask yourself this question. When was there a time that you were traveling at a breakneck speed? As well as what kind of a compound adjective is it? Now, have you ever witnessed a heartwarming scene? All right, so again, you're going to have to go onto my blog to look at some of these adjectives. So what does heartwarming mean? I've seen that, oh, it's very emotional. It's very touching. It, it, it left a very lasting impression on you. That's my definition of it. And so a heartwarming scene, uh, a very emotional scene that I saw was one in the movie Antoine Fisher. Antoine Fisher, this was a Navy, uh, what is it, a Navy CB at the time, Um, and you know what, he didn't have any parents, he had foster parents that sexually abused him, Um, his father was killed, uh, blown away by his uh, mistress at the time, and his uh, wife, I'm sorry, his wife, his mother left him at the prison, and when she left him at the prison, it was such a sad story, just because when he was born, she left. So he was born not at a hospital, but at the corrections facility. His mother never went back to pick him up. And it was just a very tough scene to watch. And of course, this was at the beginning. So throughout the entire movie, he's over here trying to find himself. And then emotionally bedridden, let's put it that, or bedridden, whatever you want to call it. I have completely forgot the word, but just emotionally detached. Him getting very angry in certain situations with other people because... They actually push him to that breaking limit. The next thing you know, he comes across the main actor by the name of, of course, Denzel Washington in reality. And I forgot his name. What was his name in the movie? But he encouraged this man to overcome some of these things that were holding him back and that was buried deep within the subconscious mind 
only for him to say, you know what, I'm going to find my family. I need closure. And he found his mother. And that was the most heartwarming scene ever because he first found his uncle, his aunt. And, you know, he was saying, hey, have you guys seen my mother? He's like, yeah, the lady that stays over there. Da, 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 da. He's like, oh, my God, you've never met her, have you? The aunt was asking, of course, Antoine Fisher at the time. And he was like, no, no, I haven't. And, yeah, so after that, it was just such, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. But the buildup, the buildup was unbelievable because here he is driving in a car with his uncle to, you know, he was going all the way to go see his mother that he had never seen before. And so he walked into the door with his uncle and his uncle was like, hey, how you doing today? Okay, hey, listen, do you uh, know who da -da -da, uh, Antoine Equipment Fisher is? And, or, no, he first asked, do you know who this is? She was like, oh, that's uh, blah, 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 son. He's like, no, this is Antoine Space. I can't say the middle name, but Fisher. And she looked back at him, and she got very emotional. And the uncle went on to say or ask her, who is this? Who is Antoine blah, 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 Fisher? She's like, that's the name of my firstborn child. And she stumbled back, started crying, went into the room. Antoine Fisher followed her. Uncle said, you know what? I'll meet you outside in the car. So Antoine Fisher sat down on a couch with, that, with his mother who never came back for him. And he was like, why didn't you come back for me? You didn't care about me? He said, I dreamed about you. I dreamed how you looked. I dreamed the scent. I dreamed that you would always be back or you would come back for me. And you never did. You never missed me. One of the most emotional scenes I've ever seen in my life. And it's so touching because me being a product of that, you know, my father leaving me, you know, at the age of, what is it, at the age of 13, not seeing him and only hearing his voice on the bus from time to time. And I think I made eye contact with him at one specific moment uh, on a bus about 11 years ago, only for him to try to add me on Facebook last year. I'm like, no, that boat has, has, has come and gone. So, um... I got my closure now. And you know what? My mother ended up being my father too. And she took the four of us in and she made magnificent human beings out of all of us. But that's very heartwarming. It hits home so much. And that's why that has had the most lasting impression on my conscious mind ever. And so, again, it's just remarkable. Um, and these are compound adjectives to tell stories. You know what I mean? So I'll give you one more. Okay. What's the most hair-raising thing you've ever done? So what you need to ask yourself, what does hair-raising mean? This is something that literally frightens and, and excites the hell out of you at, at, the same t uh, at the same time. So I'm going to give you a real quick story, and we're going to talk about this in depth over the next probably few podcasts because I have a reading and a listening that's going to be coming up shortly. So the most hair-raising thing I've ever done was climbing Sunrise Mountain out there in Las Vegas, Nevada. My friend and his girlfriend, probably just a few days before Christmas in 2006, we set off on a journey to climb this mountain. We're talking about 2,000, 3,000 meters? Not exactly sure. Give or, give or take about 500 meters. <laughs> give or take meaning plus or minus 500 um, and we set off on this journey. Oh my God, I don't even know what time it was. It had to be like, it was real early, but we were stopping, we were relaxing. And then as we were going up, I remember coming across this lady, Mexican lady, she could only speak Spanish. So I'm like, Andre, speak to her. Cause of course, Andre, if you hadn't already listened to that podcast, I suggest you do. He came onto my podcast and of course him being Puerto Rican native, he speaks Spanish. So 
he began speaking to this individual. And she's like, where are you going? I normally come out here. Of course, she was telling him in Spanish. And he's like, yeah, we're going to climb to the top. And she just looked at us and said, yo, boy. And it's funny because I was like, Andre, what she say? She's like, uh, well, she said we're kind of crazy for going to the top and we shouldn't go. <laughs> and, of course, we didn't even think about it, us being only 18-year-old kids at the time. But you know what, man? We ended up um, scaling this bad boy. And we went all the way to the top. And I remember it was probably around, I can't remember what time it was. But I know it was probably like just after the afternoon, maybe 2, 3 p.m. But it was already starting to get a little bit dark. And so, again, did it, it took probably about three, four hours to get up that bad boy. It felt like it was two and a half hours. But there was a lot of stopping, a lot of this, a lot of that. Then when we got to the top, I remember that I got so scared. While they were eating, I was terrified because I was like, how are we going to get down? In the last 10 to 15 minutes of trying to go up, we had no climbing gear, no nothing, only hiking. We didn't even have the hiking boots and all the necessities that hikers carry. So if we had gone back down the way we went up, we could have died because there was no way we could go down. That was almost a vertical drop. My friend would go so far to say, no, it wasn't a vertical drop. You were overreacting. I said, Andre, that's a 75 meter to 100 meter drop all the way down there's no way we could go back down that way so we're over here arguing and the girl's just relaxing like it's nothing his girlfriend so there's three of us i'm like andre dude and it's funny because even before that happened we i joked about it we saw a helicopter come right over our head and dropped the man off and took back off and i was like hey andre <laughs> worst case scenario we could call the police to get us <laughs> yeah joke on us i said andre i'm calling 911 my dumb ass, I slipped up and called my mother. She started crying. I was like, Mom, it's okay. Uh, I, I called 911. But let's get back to the 911 call. I called them. They were like, hello, sir. Can you state your emergency? I said, hello. My name's Arsenio. I'm, I'm trapped, literally three of us, on the north tower of Sunrise Mountain. She thought it was bullshit. I said, no, seriously. There is a, There are two towers up here. We just saw a helicopter drop another guy off. We are here right now. There's no way we could go down. We have no climbing gear. No this. And the clock is ticking because it's about to get dark. Now, I sped up on that. I'm sorry. But I, I just, you know, those feelings come back and that rush comes back. But she sent the helicopter up. So here comes a police helicopter from the Metropolitan uh, Police Department. They land on top this North Tower mountain. And the guy was like, hey, uh, he was just looking at us. You know, police out there in Las Vegas, they're no joke. They will make you feel like an idiot very quickly. And he said, what the hell are you guys doing? I said, man, we just want to go down. We don't know what's going down. He's like, there's a trail right over here, sir. Sir, come over here. There's a trail right over here. I said, well, we don't have time. We can't get down the trail within like 45 minutes. The goddamn thing is going to be. He said, well, you're lucky, but you don't have to pay for this. Taxpayers pay for this flight. You're very, very lucky. He said, listen, we're going to take you down one by one. And you know what? He was so blunt. He was like, listen, you better hold on to this. If you don't, you fall out, you die. And I was like, wow, thank you very much, Mr. Policeman, Mr. Policeman. So he took us down one by one on the helicopter. Of course, a crowd of people of 15 were at the bottom and people were just like, wait, what's going on? What happened up there? We were like, we couldn't get down. And I didn't know the severity of the situation. Uh, we kind of just walked back down the street and said, holy damn. There was no Uber. There's no grab taxi. There's no way. We had to walk all the way from Mount Hood, which was the street or a couple of streets just before the main mountain, okay? The first street before the main mountain is called Hollywood. 
So there's Hollywood, then there's Mount Hood. And so Mount Hood is where his girlfriend, Andre's girlfriend, Dominique, lived. So we went there, got my stuff and whatnot, went back to my home. My mom had already called my brother, and my brother wanted to fight me. It wasn't like, what the hell? He wanted to fight me. It was about to be a full-on fight. And this is who my brother was, right? And this is who my brother has always been. But guys, that had to be the most heart-stopping uh, what, what, what is the, what is the compound adjective I actually used for this one? It was number four. What is that? Hair, hair raising event of my life. And you know what? I had to stand up for this. I'm standing up right now because boy, what an event that was and how eventful that was. I was on one, I've only been on one helicopter in my life and it was a rescue mission. And I'm very, very thankful that nothing tragic happened. From that day going forward, I never went up another mountain. Although I do love trekking, but I'm never going to physically use my body, like, you know, my vertical, my, the vertical angle of climbing. You know what I mean? I'm not going to use my hands anymore when I am trekking. There are beautiful trekking hills around the world, especially in Taiwan, Hong Kong. But when it comes to me using my hands, that is a no-go for me. So guys, I got so many other stories. I'm gonna have, to, I'm going to have to put more stories on Instagram stories and my Patreon. So you make sure you check that out. And guys, with that being said, thank you for tuning in to another ESL podcast. Make sure you go on to my blog and fill out some of these compound adjectives. And I'll be waiting on your responses as usual. So I hope you enjoyed the stories. I'm your host, Arsenio, as usual. Over and out.